everyone and welcome to Pearls in a Pod. My name is Monica and we'll be giving you guys pearls to help transition you from med school to residency. So as a fourth year DO student, we had to jump through a ton of hurdles before and during interview season. In addition to that, throw in the wrench that we call coronavirus. There were days, honestly, I had no idea if I could even graduate. And what helped me through it was hearing upperclassmen share their journeys and I knew that if they could do it, so could I. So I hope this podcast is a platform where I can interview members in my cohort and have them share their journeys with you guys. Journeys in military match, couples match, ER, OB-GYN, you name it. Only with hopes to help you guys out. So stay tuned for a great episode. Hi, Kane. Hello, Monica. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing well. So I'm super excited to have you on. Um, Why don't you give us a little introduction about yourself and share where you've matched? All right. All right. Well, uh, yes, my name is Kane Smith. Uh, Let's see. I am um, from Colorado and uh, my wife and I just had our first baby. His name is Finn. He's super cute. He is nine, ooh, 10 weeks old today, and um, we're super excited because we just matched at the University of Louisville in anesthesia, so it's like a dream come true. Everything's going so well, and we're very excited. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> so um, I guess that's awesome that you're doing anesthesia. I feel like a lot of students in our class is doing anesthesia. Yeah, there's a good amount. I mean, uh, I think five matched, uh, which is doesn't seem like a lot now that you say it out loud, but um, it's uh, it's more than I thought. Um, in the prior years, it's been a pretty uh, um, like low uh, field to get into. But I think last year one guy matched, and the year before two. So um, yeah, it's it's just something you don't get a lot of exposure to. So I'm really glad to be on and and uh, and share a little share some of my experience and my thoughts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you brought up a good point, like we're not really exposed to it, but yet there are so many people who still loved it so much. Like, can you kind of share, like, why did you want to go into anesthesia, even though we didn't have like an anesthesia sedation rotation? Yeah, definitely. So I think anesthesia is the best field and it's perfect for me. And I think I have like a lot of reasons why I like anesthesia, but the first one really was exactly that. It was, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I went through all of third year uh, a little apprehensive because I was talking to my wife and I was like, hey, um, this is like my last rotation of third year. I like things, but I don't love things. And that's kind of scary setting up your fourth year. Um, so I was thinking, man, I really got to figure out my life. And uh, but I've always known some options. So I really started digging into uh, what are some other like surgical subspecialties or things I knew I wanted to be procedural. Um, but I was thinking emergency medicine for the longest time and then general surgery, which brought me to the OR. And then I just didn't vibe with like anybody in surgery. It's just not my, not my personality. And, but I really always noticed that the anesthesiologists and the CRNAs were super happy, friendly people, like literally always. And so I just started hanging out with them and then ended up liking that so much that I kind of just did my own like three day shadow experience rotation um, outside of the med school and the, the hospital system here and um, just really fell in love with it. And I told them like, I don't know if this is what I want, but I got to experience it. And so they said, yeah, come on in. We love teaching people about anesthesia stuff. And 
And so uh, pretty much from then on, it was, that was early, that was actually on our Christmas break. I realized that I need to like make a, a move on something if I'm, if I'm going to get after it. So um, yeah, I did that on my free time and I loved it. And then from then on, I just knew that's what I wanted to do. That's amazing. I love that you share that you were originally involved in ER because I feel like a lot of people, when they say where they match, we forget that like, yeah, sometimes we don't go into medical school thinking that that's what we're going to do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a lot of downsides to everything I didn't pick, you know, like I think I kind of tell this to a lot of people, but I picked anesthesia as a roundabout way. And then I came back thinking like, okay, these are the actual reasons, but initially I was like, I don't like clinic. I don't like inpatient medicine, <laughs> um, but I love the hospital and uh, I really love procedures and I like variety. And I thought ER was good for that, but it just, you know, when you actually are in the ER, it's, it's just, not as glamorous as Grey's Anatomy makes it seem. And uh, it's a lot of primary care stuff, which is great. People need to do it, but it just wasn't fulfilling for what I thought I wanted. So um, when I got to anesthesia, I was like, this is what's up. This is hands-on, super focused, lots of variety, lots of busyness, lots of handsy stuff. So it's really fun. And with anesthesia, are you mainly in the hospital or do you do also like some outpatient work? Um, Yeah, so that it's, so yeah. Um, it's mostly inpatient. Um, now the only time you really get into the outpatient clinic is in pain management, which is a, a fellowship after your four years of residency. Um, you do, i actually, that's actually, this is funny. The very first DO I ever shouted to get into med school was, uh, uh, pain management. Uh, he actually did PM and R, but he had his own pain management practice. And so I walked or walked around with him in his little, a little clinic and saw a bunch of sweet patients and then in the afternoon we did a couple of spinal cord stimulator implants and like a couple of injections and like that was it you know classic pain day like hard four hours a day and and then you're done so um uh so that's like it and then after that everything else is pretty much in the OR um depending on your subspecialty which is awesome because there's a lot of different routes you can take so you kind of decided anesthesia a little bit later than one would say I guess like towards your third year which it really isn't that late at all um, but yeah. <laughs> did you feel like, like, since you weren't involved in like anesthesia clubs or any sort of research specifically with anesthesia, was that, um, like, was that disadvantage or do you feel like you could be very general your first couple of years and then go into anesthesia? Yeah, I think actually, yeah, I think you're right. I think, um, you definitely don't need to do that. I mean, I have had a lot of friends, um, kind of progressed through med school with me at uh, other bigger MD schools out West in Colorado and in the Midwest. And uh, they have a lot of early exposure to things that we don't get as DOs, you know, surgical subspecialties, especially anesthesia, urology, all this stuff that you get like mixed in with your general surgery rotation. And so I wish I would have had a little bit more profound experience. I feel like if I didn't seek it out myself, I probably wouldn't have gotten into it. I just was looking for something that I love, which is kind of scary. Um, but it's like a lot of people don't realize what they want until you see it. So that's like, you need to have that exposure. So, so yeah, the clubs, um, I wish there was a little bit more involvement I, now that I've kind of been through fourth year and seeing at the end, like some other friends who matched in anesthesia and even just other programs. I mean, there's a lot of involvement that you can get in as a student and that can just set you up with a lot of great connections and, um, and, and relationships you can form with other programs to get your foot in the door places. And I feel like as a new DO school, a new-ish, um, they're still trying to figure that out. And there really needs to be more of a, an awareness for these 
um, fields. And it's really not like that subspecific, you know, it's anesthesia, it's kind of its own thing. It's not like it's, you know, uh, cataract surgery or something. It's like, this is a very general part of medicine that a lot of people would enjoy if they had the experience, I, I think. I think when we go into our third and fourth year, we kind of think like, okay, do you want to do inpatient or outpatient or both? Um, and another thing we ask ourselves is, do you want academic versus a community program? Yeah. I mean, we talked earlier, like you really were fond of the academic programs and you ended up in an academic program. So can you kind of describe like, the, I know, congratulations. But can you kind of describe <laughs> the differences between like an academic anesthesia residency compared to community anesthesia residency? Sure, yeah. So I did a uh, two-week audition at a community hospital in Ohio. And, uh, and then I did one at an academic one after that. And, um, and so I, or at least more so academic than the other one. And so what I noticed the most was really just resources. Um, I feel like the training you get either community or academic will be phenomenal. I feel like there's very few programs out here now that, um, are just put out bad physicians, you know, like anesthesiologists and, and so, um, and it really does like in residency, you know, you get out what you put in, but um, there are definitely some programs that have more resources and more um, uh, staff and case, case volumes that you can use to get where you want to be. So actually a good example of this is why, this is actually before I even knew I wanted to do academics, this, I found this out during my interviews, but actually at the University of Louisville, um, one of the residents I was interviewing with, or me was like the sociologist before, he said that um, he just ex got accepted to, uh, or yeah, no, he just interviewed for a cardiothoracic uh, fellowship at like Vanderbilt. And uh, he said that U of L has does such a good job at getting early exposure to these complex cases that you normally don't get to the end of your third year, which is about right when you apply for a fellowship, that he was interviewing with people for the CT fellowship that some of them have only done like one or two cases or zero and he's done like 30 by then. So he knew for sure that's what he wanted to do. And he knew that like, he knew what it took to be. And so he had like a lot of good resources, a lot of good letters for recommendation. So like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, it's kind of like, if you don't get that early exposure, then you're not really going to figure it out and you won't be as competitive for some things. And it's not all about fellowship. They all get all their case numbers, but I just feel like, yeah, you get, you put your foot, like with a bigger first step if you go academic just because of the case volume and all the resources you have there. So what are, so you say you prioritize academics, but um, what other things did you prioritize? Like disclaimer, this is for you, but like what did you prioritize when you try to go into your interviews and how, what questions did you ask to like not be so blunt, but kind of like figure out like, is this the program for you? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I actually was pretty blunt. I don't really I like, I got to get down to the meat and potatoes of things. I don't really like being kind of like bland and boring, especially with this virtual interview season. I was telling my wife that like, you have to stand out. Like if you're not to be annoying or loud and obnoxious, but like, don't you like being nice and polite, like won't get you an interview or like won't get you matched. Like you need to like show your personality and, and be remember, remembered and uh, in a good way, hopefully. But um, things that I prioritized was, yeah, definitely like, case volume and types and and fellowships if there's fellows there or not which means you have an in at that program but not necessarily getting you know cases taken from you um and then so that's all like the academic stuff that I was worried that I was wondering about and a lot of people did ask those questions but things that I really wanted to know is knowing that if these programs are going to be going to train me in a you know a fantastic way I really was worried um or concerned about the uh like the environment and the culture there because like coming from our school 
it really fosters like community and friendship and collaborative collaboration. And, and um, I think that I made that a priority. I would ask questions like, you know, um, what do you guys know about your residents? Like your felt your co-residents, like, what do you guys do outside of work? And, you know, how, I mean, who has, who has kids, who's married, like trying to get a dynamic of like what people do, because you spend so much time with these people. Like I really like to invest in those people around me. So I want those people to feel like, the same. I don't want to feel like I'm bugging them. I like trying to be your friend, like, let me be your friend. But I mean, everyone in anesthesia, I feel like is so friendly and outgoing that it just kind of attracts that type of personality where it's like, they don't mind being, um, they don't mind being asked that type of questions and, and, uh, you know, that's those types of feelings. So that's what I really asked a lot. I asked about the culture and just how, how people were in Louisville. Um, was very open about it. And they said, we love our residents, we love our faculty. Like the reason why everyone comes here is because whenever they visit, they just feel at home. And like, we want people to feel welcomed and and we wanna be a part of your lives, but also give you your own life, you know, your like free time with your family. So um, that's why I swear, like so many people say that on their Instagram and on their on their um, social media pages, but also in their interview itself from the program directors. Uh, it's awesome. So I'm super excited to be there. I definitely feel very blessed because this is one of my top choices and I can be happier. Um, so I guess, you know, there is a DO bias um, just anywhere, regardless of the specialty. And I was wondering, like, have you noticed a location bias? Because you're going to the South now and you're from Colorado. And so, I mean, we go to a school in the Southeast, but I was just wondering, like, have you ever been asked questions like, why do you want to live here? Like, who do you know here, basically? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so yeah, the West, not um, friendly to DOs, especially in more competitive programs, if you're not like super top of your class, which is obviously hard to do. And even then, it's still hard. I mean, we know some people who interviewed in different specialties in California and good for them at some big like uh, academic places, which is very impressive. But for the most part, yeah, I mean, you can... I'm sure you felt the same way. Um, you know, the Midwest loves DOs. I think the Northeast where a lot of the schools are, um, you know, graduates, a lot of DOs. Um, but really I, I put that knowing that this was a weird year and obviously, obviously never applying to residency before I didn't want to take any chances. So I, um, I wrote out a couple, um, personal statements and I, um, extra personalized a handful of them for specific programs, either in the South or near Colorado or in Pennsylvania, where some of my family's from and said, Hey, Hey, like this is where I'm from. This is where I want to be. And I love it because this and this, and I did that with Kentucky and um, I guess it worked. I don't know. I just said that coming to Virginia or, you know, it's like, I just love this area. So I really want to stay in this area. And, and I, I remember saying that specifically in my personal statement and uh, it's true. And I'm super happy I, I matched there, but I feel like there is a bit of a location bias. We did the same thing um, I, because I'm from Florida and so I did a Florida one and then I did a, like a, a general South and a Midwest one and I was so scared that I was going to submit the personal statement to the wrong program. Oh my gosh, I know, me too. I, I don't with like everyone, it's just so long. I was like, oh my gosh, please don't accidentally send one somewhere else. So, uh, did, you, did you get all anesthesia letters of recommendation? And if not, what specialties do you think kind of were more important than others to get a letter of recommendation for? Yeah, sure. Uh, so I actually only got one anesthesia letter. Uh, it was from a local doc here. I did a rotation with um, in July through the through the health system here. He was awesome, cardiothoracic guy, really really nice. Um, so he helped me out a lot. I just pretty much told him like I really need this. And then uh, 
we had a really good rotation together. It was awesome. And then after that, I really just sought out people who knew me really well and could kind of talk to like my personality and my characteristics. Cause um, I didn't know what, um, what programs were like wanted, you know, like I, I I've always known not to fall into that trap of getting a letter from a huge chair. If they don't know you rather like a family doc, if they know you for years. And so that's what I did. Um, I got one from our sports med doc who is, who I've worked with a ton and he knows me really well. I did a couple of rotations with him leading up to the application, um, submission. So that was great. And then I got one from our medicine department chair because I've known him for a long time. And, I think that's probably a safe bet, just medicine, um, because, you know, the, there's a lot of medicine in it. So you just not just all putting people to sleep. So um, that was a really good one. So I think I submitted those three. Oh, and then, yes, I had uh, my mentor in research write me a letter, which I'm super thankful uh, I got involved in. It was a lot of work. and super stressful. Um, and I hated it a lot. But the things that we did were very cool and definitely sparked my interest to do more research. That's why I also was looking at academic um, institutions because of the resources you have to do um, like clinical-based studies or even lab, you know, research-based lab studies or bench research. Um, but I got one from him too. And because we've worked together for three years straight and uh, we have a really good relationship. So it's kind of all over, you know, research, family medicine, medicine chair, and then anesthesia. So would you say that anesthesia is a competitive field? Um, I don't know. I think so. I mean, it's definitely on if it's if like if there's a somewhere like a middle line, I think it's at or above. I don't think it's super uber competitive, but I also don't think it's a shoe in. I don't think that any spots go unfilled every year. Um, I think it's pretty it's pretty tough to get into. Um, but I think it's um, kind of just depends on where you go. Some programs are bigger than others, but uh, this year was weird. It's I'm going to be really interested to see like the charting outcomes, because last year, I was just looking at this. They had something crazy, like, um, actually just pull this up. There were just under 1,900 positions offered last year. And last year there was 2,400 applicants. So. Cut up. Like, how do you just have that information so casually next to you? <laughs> oh, actually, because <laughs> I'm actually writing up a, a little guide to anesthesia for some of the third years right now. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I was like, yeah. what? You just have all the stats, like, right next to you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I do. I'm ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess um, how many, this is a very general question and it, it's very general, but it's also very specific. How many programs would you suggest for students to apply to? And obviously this depends on what school they're coming from, where they're from, what their scores are, but what do you think would, was like the make or break that if you didn't have this, then I would have applied for more and so on. Um, yeah, that's super hard um, because, yeah, with COVID, it made it seem like we had to apply to literally every program in the world. And um, there's only about 120 or 30 anesthesia programs in the country. So, and if you take like, you know, 30 or 40 of those being very either West Coasted or uh, very elitist programs, um, Ivy League, all that, it comes down to like around 100. And um, and then from there, I just picked out all the programs I had literally no interest in going to ever, like, I don't know, anywhere. So <laughs> like, I knew I wanted academic. I knew I wanted, yeah, like, you know, um, whatever, Central Rhode Island or something like, oh, gosh. So I, uh, I said no to that and I ended up applying to about 75. Um, but within that total, um, actually, in addition to that total, I applied to like 25 
um, transitional years, which um, we can get into in a second. But like it's it's just like your intern year only, and uh, and that is a is a good safe. It's a, it's that's also competitive, and it's another kind of a <laughs> double edged sword. But um, I feel like I had to apply to a handful of those just in case I didn't match a categorical or you know get much categorical interview. Can you explain a little bit about what parallel planning is? Oh, I'd love to, Monica. Um, parallel planning is basically you not being competent enough to match the specialty that you want. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but it's applying we to... We all die. I know. <laughs> oh, for sure. No, uh, yeah, I, uh, I took a long time and a lot of meetings with my advisors to figure out what to do. But yeah, so basically you apply to a program or a specialty rather that... Um, is separate from your main um, pursuit. And that's traditionally a little less competitive as a backup. Now it's not really a backup, that's why they call it parallel. But in my mind, it's like you either got your number one or your number two, you don't have two number ones. So, I mean, I guess if you're lucky enough, you know, you have two fields that you would absolutely love to be into and that's great, but I don't think that's the case for most people. But um, yeah, so we uh, were encouraged to do that. Um, and I have mixed feelings about it. Yeah, um, yeah, we were encouraged to do that um just kind of like for anyone who's listening and I'm so happy that you didn't came because you know you got what you wanted and it costs money to apply to all these things oh my gosh so many so much and, yeah I mean yeah a lot of other programs to an entire other like application you know researching programs and letters and I mean it's a lot of work and it's safe I get it but I just I don't know I feel like it's not necessary it's safe but it's not necessary so how did you stay organized with all of the places you applied to, with all of your interviews and your thoughts, and then you trying to create a rank? Like, did you utilize Google Sheets or what? Yeah, actually, this is really nice. Um, you know, coming from our class, uh, our school, we I had a, another guy who actually matched anesthesia as well, way more tech savvy than I am. And he like shared this crazy Excel sheet with me about like literally every anesthesia program in the country with like, and then in an Excel sheet, and then it's like broken up to like, location versus scores versus like I don't know he even broke it down to like schools and neighborhoods and the cost of living and like all these crazy places and then from there he like had like different highlights of like where his top choices were versus where he got an interview at versus where he applied to and all that stuff and I just reformatted it for what I did um, I think that's a really good starting place because you need to have the full picture unless you're just super focused on one area only which could be a little dangerous but you know, everyone's different depending on your competitiveness and your application. But um, yeah, in order to get that full picture, you definitely need to have some type of uh, organizational tool like that. And it helped a lot. So for anesthesia, what makes you a competitive applicant? Um, all right. Well, I guess what everyone doesn't want to hear but has to hear is your board scores. Um, they definitely don't need to be exceptionally high, but they can't be exceptionally low. Um, you definitely need to take step one and two if, uh, if you're a DO. That just really helps you stand out and be compared to your other MDs um, because there are only a handful of, I mean, I can only think of like one literally uh, anesthesia, uh, traditionally DO only type of like, an, you know, former AOA program. Um, but there are a lot of very DO friendly programs. Um, but most of them are academic and most of them are big cities and, and uh, you're competing with MDs. And so they take this step one and two and you got to be able to compete with that. So um, definitely having average to above average scores. And then, um, and then after that, uh, I didn't really expect this, but uh, extracurriculars and research 
Um, you know, I was very blessed to be a part of our school's um, many different ways to be involved with our student body with being an ambassador such as yourself and uh, being a tutor, doing research, just really get involved, showing that you can do more than just go to med school. And I know that as a handful by itself, we all have experienced med school and it was, it was a fun but dark time at times, but it's, it's, you can do more. And so having a well-rounded application is, I think is extremely important for anesthesia because it's not about how smart you are and how fast you can think of a diagnosis. It's, a, it's really about your communication and your interpersonal skills along with those other factors, which really will help you come out ahead. So um, you spoke a little bit about how you did an audition rotation. How many would you suggest a student to do? Like, does that depend on how competitive an applicant they are? Um, yeah, I think, um, yeah. So I did uh, two two-week auditions to satisfy our graduation requirement at our school. Um, and I think that's totally plenty. Um, if you, if you, you know, scrounge the reddits of, of the world and you find these anesthesia bound med students, they say a lot of the MD programs already have anesthesia built into their third year. So they don't need to like get experience doing it as an actual rotation where, you know, as SDOs, we don't really have that. So I think for your own um, interest, you should do it, especially to get a letter um, or to really get your foot in the door at a program is what I tell a lot of people. Um, but really no more than one. I mean, unless you like have unlimited money and you just love doing anesthesia as a med student. And that is the catch <laughs> as a med student, you can only do so much. And uh, and it is fun. I loved hanging out with them, but the two weeks were perfect because at the if it was four weeks, I'd be like, okay, I can only watch you draw up drugs one more time or so many more times. So um, before I want to do it, you know, so um, I really don't think you need a whole lot. I think you need to get experience to satisfy your desire to say that, hey, this is what I want to do and to get letters and you need to get something out of it. Otherwise, don't worry about it. You don't need them. So would you suggest to do it earlier than later then to get that letter? Um, yeah, yeah. Earlier than later is always safe, right? Um, I actually did mine in October um, back to back. And I, I didn't get any letters from them since I had a letter from a local doctor here um, in, in July. But I think um, that even if it was in October and you had to get a letter, you could just tell them and you needed it immediately and they would help you out. Especially, I mean, if you're, if you're asking the right person who wants to write you a letter, they would do it very quickly for you, but definitely try and secure it early. Well, I'm so happy for you, Kane. Thanks, Monica. Yeah, this is, I'm excited for you. I mean, you guys... You guys are like yeah. the star-studded couple now. <laughs> yeah, Jack and I are very, very thankful. We got all of the all of the emails saying that we need to figure out our schedules for the next three years. And so we've planned out all of our holidays and all of uh, our vacations for the next three years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like itching for something. I got my my program director called me on Friday, you know, just to say hi and be like, all right, well, now you got my cell phone number, so call me whenever. And I'm like, all right, you're amazing. I can't wait to meet you. And then like, all right, well, we'll be in touch. And that was it. And I was like, when? <laughs> I haven't heard anything. <laughs> so, so I guess yeah. we'll find out sometime. Uh, so were, um, were you excited when you opened your, or how did you do match day? Because everything was virtual. So what did you guys do? I know, a little bittersweet. I uh, just did it at home. Um, I, uh, I, you know, you classically get the email on your, on your watch and you're like, Oh crap, it's here. And I gave my phone to my wife and I was like, Hey, read it and don't mess with me. And, uh, and she took a long time to read it. Oh, really? I know. (laughs) 
I know it's like, I was like, hurry up. And she's like, Bruvo. And I was like, oh, yes, they were definitely tied for my number one. So very, very thankful. Super pumped. I couldn't stop smiling. I still think about how lucky I am and how excited I am to be a part of this program. I think it's going to be awesome. Any last minute advice that you want to give to a potential Anastasia lover, resident? <laughs> oh, yes. Um, yes. So if you are a med student considering the specialty, please get out and experience it for yourself. You can only hear so many stereotypes before you have to get out there and, and actually talk to a, an anesthesiologist and see what they do. Look at the, the variety of clinical skills and understanding they have and all the different subspecialties. Um, and really that's why I fell in love with it. I, it, it was the people mixed with the medicine and being surrounded by that type of people just made me really on fire for it. And, and, and don't give up, you know, don't, don't quantify your value with your board scores or, or, um, or maybe you do have exceptional board scores. Don't, you know, get a big head. You know, um, I had one of the residents tell me one time that uh, anesthesia is a great field because it's constantly uh, allowing you to practice humility. And I think that's something we all need. And, uh, you know, it, it's we're risking patients' lives and our team's um, uh, safety if, you know, if we think we know everything. And so it doesn't matter how many times you've done something, something can go wrong and, and uh, that's when you need someone else's help. So, uh, so yeah, get out there, be humble and keep working hard. It's been an absolute pleasure. Hear your journey, having you share it. So lovely. And it's, I'm so happy to have you on. Yes. Thank you, Mon. It was an honor. I will come back anytime. Let me know when you want to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Anesthesia point two. Like what, yeah. what is it going to be? Yeah. <laughs> when you're into residency, do you still love it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>